Happy Sabbath, everybody. What a privilege. What a privilege it is for us to see the last Sabbath of 2020. What a year it has been. What will 2021 bring? We do not know. But we can rejoice in the, the prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. What is amazing me about God? As we study deeply into those chapters, into those books, how accurately God's prophecies have been fulfilled. God is amazing. What is left to be fulfilled is the coming of the Lord. We are down in the tour of the image. And there are one or two things to happen. And it says those last things will be rapid ones. So what, the only thing we can look forward to is the coming of the Lord. And just as the prophecies of the past have been fulfilled, I can guarantee you that the coming of the Lord will be fulfilled. And not too far away. And so today is a day of thanksgiving, a day of reflection, a day of praise to the Lord, the God who has taken us through. Yes, the days ahead is going to be more challenging because God is going to be creaming out. You've got to have good backbone to go through to what is coming. Your backbone is your total dependence on God. And so that as I listen to all the testimonies of thanksgiving and praise, and I, I can say thank you to God also that as we look back, my wife, she stuck with me for 48 years. That's a long time to take pressure from this. And she loved me for it in spite of it. I'm thankful. I'm thankful to God for her that we have spent 48 years. It's a long time. It looked like yesterday, but it's quite a while. It's every time I look back, I say, hey, you mean it's so long? Thank God. I don't know what the future holds, but I know the God who holds the future. Let's bow our heads as we pray. Father, we come to thee. These are precious moments, special moments for your word to be magnified in the hearts of your people, to bind us and to draw us closer to you. Speak now, Lord, as we wait upon you in Jesus' name. I want us to spend a few moments looking at a young woman. She lived in Bethany. She must have been a very attractive young girl. You know, that, 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 that. She, she, to me, I'm seeing her she was smooth, she was courteous, she was attractive, and, 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 and very kind and loving, very, very caring woman she was. As a young girl, growing up in this home, she had lost her parents at an early age, and so those, these three siblings lived together. Her uncle was the one who helped to support them throughout their, their challenging moments. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the uncle got attracted to her and really messed up her life. So that I can see a young girl with an inner hunger for somebody to love her the way that she's supposed to be loved. She looked forward because the, the parents were not there to help her through these challenging moments in her life. And she, she, she confidently turned to this uncle who was so caring and so ministering to them that again she was driven down the wrong pathway. A life of frustration, indeed it was. Used, abused, and then refused. As a result of her leaving home, she went away into the village to make a life for herself. 
she became a prostitute. In the process, in getting entangled with so many different, different negative aspects of her life, she became demon-possessed. What a life. What an experience. I can imagine at times she must have been in a little corner with herself, asking God, why me? Lord, is life worth living anymore? Did beauty matter? Did it pay to be beautiful and to be caring and to be loving? Then one day, one day, one day, one day, she met a man. I said she met a man. He was different. He was very kind. He was very caring and considerate. And as though he was reading her innermost thoughts as he interacted with her. He seemed to be bringing out the best in her. Never, never, never. She, she had been with many men, but never one like this. She had great expectation. Even at times, she was a little bit hesitant because she accustomed putting that faith and confidence. This one who had been telling her so many nice things and always making her great promises and then just turned his back upon her. And, and she was a little hesitant at first when she saw and she, and she said, another one again? But the longer she spent in his presence is the more she recognized that he was so different from all the other men she ever met before. Never a man treated her with such great respect. Never a man before was interested in her well-being without wanting something in return. Never a man was able to lift the burdens of her life and to set her free. And Mary responded to his kindness, yielded to his love, and was transformed by his grace. It was the first time in her life she felt the peace that she never experienced in her journey. A sense of a new beginning in her life as a journey as a young woman. Mary found that her life, she owed her entire life to this man. It was not a love that had that that, 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 you know, it, it, it wasn't a love, uh, that, that love of, of, of immorality. It wasn't a love that she felt that she felt to give her body for. The other men wanted that, and she gave them. But this was a love that was deep. This was a love that was transforming. This was a love that was elevating. This was a love that was different. Have you met that man yet? I met him some years ago. And really, I choose not, never to leave him. In fact, he chose never to leave me. Oh, Christian friends, I'm saying that, that, that this was a type of love that was different, different, different from all the others that she had met. She had a deep sense of gratitude because of the man who transformed her life and opened new, brighter pathways for her to journey through. She always wanted the opportunity to show that gratitude. She expressed it, but she never felt satisfied that she was doing enough for this man. And one day, there was a little party. He was invited to this party in the home. It was a home party. And her very uncle was the one who invited her. He was now transformed too by the grace of God. And he invited this man, Christ Jesus, to his home for a special party. And Mary was there. And she thought this was the opportunity. This was the only opportunity that she would never miss to show her gratitude 
for a man that was so loving and kind and caring to her. The book of Luke chapter 7. And I read verses 37 and 38. It says, And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner. Who she was? Did that exclude any one of us? Could any one of us claim not to be? So that the moment the descriptive word that was used to define this woman, it resonates with you and to with me. It represents us, a woman who is a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, she knew where he was and she was determined to find him. She brought an alabaster box of fragrant oil. Because of the type of life that she lived, and because she'd never, in fact, their women hardly ever worked. They couldn't work. In fact, the society did not allow them to work, to earn something for themselves, so that their best job could have been what she did at the time, to gain a few dollars for herself. Remember, she left home because, because, because she couldn't continue to see what was happening to her in the presence of, I imagine that the other siblings must have known what was going on. I don't know. It didn't indicate whether they knew, but she ran away. And therefore, survival, the last few pennies she had, she mustered enough to buy this most expensive perfume that she thought would have been the best gift to give to this great lover in her life. When you fall in love with Jesus, you always give him the best. No, you didn't get that. The moment you experience the love of God, you always give him the best. And the best gift that you can give to him is yourself. And once he have you, everything else is his. And so Mary, in order to demonstrate publicly, and I want you to look carefully at the story. She said, look, they have an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping. Reflect for a moment. Why was she weeping? It wasn't a weep of sorrow or tears of sorrow. Her emotions got the better of her. She, 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 she looked back at her life and she saw, what would I, would I have been had it not been for this man? And there, the tears flowed. The tears flowed. She was, she was behind. She couldn't face him. She was behind. He said, she was at his back. She stood at his feet, sorry, behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. What, where, where was that? Where was that taking place? It was a party, isn't it? And she anointed, he said, anointed them with the fragrant oil. She anointed his feet with the fragrant oil. The tears of gratitude. She was at death's door. Remember that? And he rescued her. Remember that? The men, you know, back there, the society, the men could do anything and get away with it. And the woman attempted the same thing and they would have been stoned to death. And here it was, she was about to be stoned to death. Remember that? And this man saved her. This man gave her another lease on life. She remembered that. So that there, there as she anointed his feet, she said, look man, this is the man who gave me another lease, another reason for living. This man, I was demon possessed and this man delivered me. I was broken up, all broken up. This man amended me. I was bearing the burden of guilt 
I felt my life was going downstream from one man to another, from one brothel to another, from one place of darkness to another. And this man opened up a bright pathway for me. And I'm glad I'm rejoicing over the fact that he has transformed my life. I was depressed without hope. And he brought me hope and assurance. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. While the sinner, the world she knew only have one way of expressing thanks for deeds done. In that world of a youthfulness. In that world where she was still energetic and vibrant. There was only one way she could have expressed thankfulness for those who she thought were kind to her. But with Jesus' transforming grace, a heart of gratitude was expressed differently. Deep within her emotions flow, willing to give the best to her master, willing to give the best to her savior, unashamed to openly proclaim him as the man in her life. Unashamed to be the kind of person to tell the world about him. Here is a man. Here is a man that has taught me so much. Here is a man that has made a difference. Here is a man that is worthy of my life, of my love, of my emotions, of everything that I have. Her heart was filled with thankfulness. How thankful are we to God for the salvation he made available to us? How much do we appreciate all that God has done for us over the years that he has allowed us to live upon the earth. How do we express these, these thanksgiving, these, these hearts of gratitude? How, how much, how excited are we about God and what he has done and what he will continue to do for us? I discover that Jesus delights in the gratitude of his people. You read through the book of Psalms and you can see where the psalmist continuously talk about praising God. He said, inhabit the praises of his people. He delights when people respond to him. Remember the lepers? Ten of them and only one who was considered to be an outcast, who was a Samaritan, who was not a non-Jew. And the one Christ recognized, this one, this one man, who did not even understand, who was not even taught all the things about the way of salvation. And he wasn't, he wasn't a good seven days. But this one man returned to give thanks. Because he was cleansed from his leprosy. We all are suffering with leper. Or was. Because I think we, 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 Christ has touched us. The leprosy of sin has damaged all of us. And, and, and we can look back with thankfulness that God has touched our lives. He has cleansed our souls. He has put us on a new pathway. And it gives us therefore an attitude of gratitude towards him. What a fitting way to end the year. A Sabbath of thanksgiving to God. Amen. And more so in the environment in now which we are existing. Everybody playing mass. It was you know, illegal to walk into any, any of the government or even public places wearing a mask. You know that? That was once illegal. You know that? In fact, they don't even want to wear a cap in some certain places. A hat. Now it becomes illegal not to wear it. What a world has changed. What a transformation has taken place in the world. And there are, there are changes yet to come. The norms will no longer be the norms. There are things that will happen that will cause us only to recognize that the only way we will survive is total dependence on God. I don't want you to miss that. It's coming. Psalm 92, 
I read from verse 1 until verse 5, it says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord. It is what? It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to the Most High. While we are muffled, you know, I, I think COVID had a special attack for the church, you know. But God never lost it. You can't beat God. He takes even the activity of the adversary and turn it to his glory. I am very convinced that it was intended by the adversary to shut down the church, to strangle the people of God, and because he knows that he has but a short time, he will do anything to prevent this final message, to go to the world, to save the world. And God said, yes, I was waiting for him. Now that the, he has done it, the gospel will go to the entire world in a jiffy. The technology will have brought in an experience that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world for a witness that which must happen before the end comes. God has never lost a battle. He would never lose a battle. And when he allows the adversary to do what he wants to do, he, 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 has, he has the plan well, well structured. He knows that, that, that we'll let him go ahead. It's okay. My name would be exalted and magnified. So he says, he said, it is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to the Most High. Verse 2 says, it is good to tell him of your love in the morning and confirm your loyalty to him at night. Make time for God every day. You're waking every moment you wake up in the morning. The first thing and the most important thing to you should be giving thanks and praise to God. Before you retire for the night, make sure that you give God thanks for the day. Make it a practice. It's like you're eating for survival. Your spiritual body needs it. Feed on God morning, noon, and night. Every morning, make sure. Don't leave home without making sure you allow God to take charge of the day's activity. It's a good thing to tell him of your love in the morning and confirm your loyalty to him at night. It is good to praise the Lord with musical instruments, the lute and the harp and the melodious lyre. None of us have the, guilt, the gift of playing musical instruments, but I'm sure all of us have vocal voices. Some of us could sing when we the key we may start in A and you may start it in Z, but you can still make a joyful noise. You have hands that you can clap, isn't it? So even if I cannot play a musical instrument, he has given me an instrument that I can make some music with, isn't it? I can tap my feet and I can clap my hands and make sure that I give praises to God. God delights in the praises of his people. Whatever he has blessed you with, use it to glorify his name. Let me continue verse 5. He said, Oh Lord, what great things you do and how deep are your thoughts. The fool doesn't see the obvious hand of God in things. Neither do they those who are spiritually blind. Don't be a fool and become spiritually blind to the blessings of God. Are you hearing me? Are you understanding what God is saying? Let me read that verse again. Let me read it again. I'm, I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading verse 6 of Psalms 92. It said, the fool does not see the obvious hand of God in things. Neither do those who are spiritually blind. If for some reason that you have not yet grown to appreciate all that God has done for you, make that your special prayer. 
Lord, give me a heart of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude. Teach me, give me eyes to behold your beauty. Give me eyes to understand your goodness. Help me to, to see, to see, to see day by day what you are doing in my life and the life of those around me and the life of others who I have a daily getting, come into contact with so that I can praise you morning, noon, and night. This young woman, she had a permanent heart of gratitude to God. Mary took every opportunity to sit and learn at the feet of Jesus. It was Mary who anointed the head of Jesus with the most expensive perfume. In fact, Christ said, she did something special. She was preparing me for my trial and my burial that others couldn't see. In Mary, she washed the feet of Jesus with her tears and wiped them with her hair. It was Mary when the disciples forsook him and fled. It was Mary who stood with Jesus right through his trials. She never moved. She was there grieving as they saw what Christ was going through, the final moments upon the earth. She was there, always she stuck with him right through unto the end when the disciples, Peter denied him. Remember that? And start to use language that he was, while he was a fisherman before he met Jesus. He said the other disciples forsook him and fled. But Mary stuck with him. This was the man. This was the man who did something for her that no other man have done. Mary was the first to reach the tomb that early Easter Sunday morning. She was the first missionary. She was the first one who told the world that he is risen. My Savior is risen because she was early at the tomb and she discovered the tomb was empty and she went running to find the rest of the disciples to tell them. And on her way, she was saying, where, where have they placed my Lord? Where is he? He's risen. When the angel told her he's risen. And she was the first, the first missionary. How, how do you vocalize Jesus? How people, when people get in contact with you, when people interact with you, do they hear Jesus coming through from you? Do you represent God wherever you go? Is your heart swelling over, bubbling over with a gratitude to God for what he has done for you and is still doing for you and for me? Mary was now prepared to spend the rest of her life glorifying this God she loved so dearly. The one that had been her treasure. The one who had really made a big, 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 big difference in her entire life. Psalm 116, the question I want to place before you today Psalm 116, and I'm reading verse 12. Open your Bibles. Look at it. I want you to meditate upon those words. What verse 12 says, did you hear it? Take a moment, take a moment, take a moment. Read it again, and let, let's meditate on that. What shall I give back to God? What shall I render to God for all the benefits? What can I give back to God? Listen. You cannot give God money because the cattle upon a thousand hillises. So if you want to play stingy with the money that you have and feel that your little offering that you're giving so much, you won't meet God yet. If you're stingy with your offering and you have to make up your mind if to pay an offering or if to give an offering or, or if to be faithful in tithing offering, then you, you haven't met him yet. He has not touched your life as yet. You cannot give God the talent and show off with that because it is he will give it to you. And anytime if you feel your daddy, you want to boast too much, you can take it back. You know something? So what can I really give God that can make him feel so good? 
you know, you know, you, you want you want this God to be excited about you. You want to be this God is special. So that's so that, look, 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 what could I give you? You, you, you? you don't need money. If not the talent, because you 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 give the talent, you have talents abundantly. And in fact, when, when if, if 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 the angel if the angels that he has created, they, 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 one angel could sing all the parts in one in one in one in one song, so that when when they start to sing, you just got to you are amazed at the sweetness of the beauty of the music that will come from them. I want you to read the next verse. What 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 is the psalmist saying? Read it for me, my dear sister. What what he says. What is the best thing that we can give back to God? It says what? Should you do what? And do what? The best gift that you can give back to God is to accept the salvation he has offered you. God is saying, I, have, I went to Calvary. I left the beauties of the adoration of the angels. I sacrificed all in order to bring you into a relationship with me so that I can transform your life. I can make you over anew. I can give you that which no other person can give. I want you to be with me in paradise. I've gone to prepare a place for you and I'm coming again. So the best gift that you can give to God is a total surrender of your life to him. Take the cup of salvation. Call upon him morning, noon, and night. Make him your best friend. Make him the joy of your life. Make him the source of your strength. Make everything about God. Your life must be wrapped up and tangled up and, and sweetened up in God and God alone. No human being, no human being must come between you and God. I don't care who it is. Your husband, your wife, your sweetheart, your lover. Nobody. Nothing must come between you and God. Take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Today, as we leave the presence of this God of creation, the God of redemption, the God who is very personal to each and every one of us, the God who is coming again to take his faithful children home, I want you to meditate upon those verses. What can I render unto God? What can I truly give back to God? I can't give him money. He's, he's not, he don't need it. But when he have you, he has everything. Everything that you have will rightly be his because you are fallen in love with him. You know, you know, you know, you know, how many years ago? 48 years ago, my wife captured my heart. You know that? And you know, you know, you know, she used to sing as was rightly said. Well, she don't sing as much as she used to. And I remembered, I remembered, I remembered as a young man seeing this lady with nice flowing hair. At one time, I promised I was going to send her back home to her parents because she lost the hair that I saw her with during her tender years. You know, she had nice flowing hair. If I had a picture, I would have shown you. And her voice complimented her, her beauty. And when you hear her sing, you, I, I was, I don't know others, but I know I was stunned. She caught me. And then, and then, and then, and then, you know, that you want to, to be able to get sweet, closer to the sweet voice. You understand what I'm saying? So, 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 eventually, after being captured, 
and we, we, we got married. Everything I have was hers. So there was nothing that, she, that I have wasn't hers. That's what happens when you fall in love with Jesus. Every single thing that you have, because he was the admirer, he was the man that has captured your life. He was the man that have transformed you. He was the man that you fell in love with. Everything that you have, you wanted to be his. So you will do nothing, you will plan nothing that you know will not be pleasing to his sight. That's how the Christian lives. I can do nothing. If what I do is going to be displeasing to him, then I cannot do it. I don't want to displease my lover. And so today I'm asking you, what can I render unto the Lord for all his benefits? I want you to meditate on these words as we end this year 2020 and look forward to 221, even as we bow our heads in prayer. Eternal God, how sweet and adorable and loving and caring you are. What a God. What a master who, who's, you are determined to make us sweeter, more lovely. To make us into that which no human being can make us into. We come with our sinfulness. We come possessed by, by, by evil thoughts. We come with a life corrupt and, 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 and really, really degrading, depressed because of what sin has done to us. But we are thankful that we met you. And you have transformed our lives and make us into what you want us to be. Oh, Father, we look forward to spending eternity with you. What a day, what a day, what a day that will be. When we will no longer be in the environment of sin. We'll be in, in the precious beauty of the hereafter. To behold you, to love you, to serve you uninterrupted. Bless us today. And keep us faithful until that grand and glorious day when the heavens shall depart. And we will spend eternity with you. This be our prayer with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.